0: welcome to peace by believing with john redmond associate pastor of first baptist church in pasadena texas today's topic is one that will most definitely help us all If you can, please open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 27 as John delivers his message, How to Handle Criticism.
1: Now the fact is, nobody likes to be criticized. You don't like it, I don't like it, and it's just not a pleasant thing to experience. And much of the criticism, in fact, what we're going to be thinking about today is that mean-spirited, Uh, you know, somebody's trying to be destructive and to hurt your feelings or to tear you down, and how do we respond to that type of criticism? But before we get into that, let me say that not all criticism is bad. There is such a thing as constructive criticism where people who love us and who want us to do well and to be at our best, maybe they see us doing something that's not right or not wise or not good for us and so they come to us and yes there is a sense in which they criticize us but it's not mean spirited it's done it's it's motivated out of love and so that's a good thing in fact i want us to look at three verses that tell us about this type of criticism notice this verse in proverbs it is a badge of honor to accept valid criticism and so if somebody gives you valid constructive positive criticism It's wise to just accept that. It's a badge of honor. Now look at this next verse from chapter 27. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. In other words, when a friend comes to you and says something that might hurt you, it might be painful for you to hear... But it's, 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 it's intended to help you to be better. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Where the other hand is, somebody may play like they're your friend. They might even kiss you on the cheek. But that's deceptive. They don't love you and they don't care about you. So, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And then this last verse in Proverbs 28. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism more than flattery. And so, if your motive of criticism... Uh, is to help somebody and to build them up. If that's what maybe somebody's criticizing you in that way, you need to realize that's not something to fight against or to resist. That's something to listen to, and that's something to put into practice in your life. But today, all that being true, I want us to think about the other type of criticism. That, that, and, and I'm using the word criticism to cover the range, really, of any negative comments that come your way from another person. It could be anger, but even if it is anger, it's, it's more than likely they're criticizing something about you, the way you act, something you've done, maybe even a sin you've committed. They're being very critical, but they're not doing it to build you up. They're doing it to tear you down. And as I say, nobody likes criticism, but we need to know how to respond to this unkind, destructive criticism that can not only hurt us, but it can wound us, and if we're not careful, we can develop a bitter spirit, what the Bible calls a root of bitterness as a result of that negative criticism, and that can cause us to become negative, bitter, angry people ourselves. And so, what do we do when somebody criticizes us? Well, the first thing I would say is simply this, evaluate the criticism. What, what is the person saying? Because it, it may be, even if it's mean-spirited and it's wrapped in unkindness, there may be something that in, the, in the midst of that that is true and something that you need to hear. So evaluate what is being said. Evaluate who is saying it. Is it coming from somebody you know loves you? You know they care about you. You know they want what's best for you. Or is it coming from somebody who hates you or somebody who just doesn't like you? So you, you know who it's coming from would have something to do with how much attention you pay to it. And then also consider how many people are saying that to you. So if you have several people who love you and they're all kind of saying the same thing to you, More than likely, that's something that you would need to pay attention to and that you would need to listen to. I heard a preacher describe it this way. This is kind of a country preacher's way to make this point. He said to his congregation, if one person says to you, you're as stubborn as a mule, forget about it. It's one person. They probably don't even like you. Don't worry about that. If two people say to you, you're as stubborn as a mule then you need to go home and consider that and think about that and say, God, is it true? That's two people who've said, I'm stubborn. Am I stubborn? If three people say to you, you're as stubborn as a mule, he said you need to go stand before a mirror and look at the back and see if you've grown a tail because you might be a mule. And he said if four people say you're as stubborn as a mule, you need to go buy a saddle because you are a mule. And I thought that was a pretty good way to say that. So if you have in your group of people, your family, your what we might call your inner circle, people who love you, and they're all saying to you, man, I love you, but you are hard-headed. You are stubborn. You are unyielding. We can never compromise. Well, the odds are that's true. And so you would need to evaluate that and apply it to your life. But how about that other criticism that's not true? It's mean-spirited. It's not meant to help you. It's meant to hurt you. How do we respond to that? Well, the thing I would say there is we want to learn to respond appropriately to that type of criticism. What I'm going to do in the message today, I want to mention six ways... That you can respond to mean spirited criticism that is coming from somebody who is jealous of you, who doesn't like you, you rub them the wrong way, maybe, you know maybe you're a happy, upbeat, successful person, and they're a negative you know insecure person, and they see you, ha- and they don't like that. And so they're going to shoot at you like they're shooting an arrow, and they're going to try to pull you down with their words. And so how do you respond? The number one thing I would say is this, respond in faith. Respond in faith. Now let's turn back to Proverbs chapter 3. And in our study of Proverbs, I'm not even sure that we've looked at this verse yet, but of all 915 verses in Proverbs, this verse is beyond the shadow of any doubt the most important one. It's the most well-known one. It is the summit verse of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 3.5 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so when someone says something negative and critical, it's a critical statement to you or about you. Maybe somebody told you this is what this person said. Either way, and those words come to your ears, at least for me, It helps to remember this foundational truth in the Christian life God is in control. God allowed them to say that. Think about this God could have shut their mouth before they said that to you or about you, but He didn't. He let them, He just let them talk on and He let them say that. And at least with me, whatever I go through in life, if I can always remember God's in control. God allowed that person to speak something mean or critical or negative to me. It just kind of helps my focus. It kind of keeps me a little bit more grounded, helps me not to react as much, and just to know, God, now you've allowed this, and I want to respond in faith to this. The second thing I would say is this. Respond not only in faith, but respond in love. Now, this is a little bit harder than responding in faith. But go to chapter 10, because this verse, it it addresses how we should respond on. Proverbs chapter 10 and in verse number 12, it says this, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. You think we can say that together? Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. And so, this person is coming to you, and they don't love you. They're not trying to help you. They dislike you. And they're trying to hurt your feelings in some way. You just really feel that's what they're doing. And so how do you respond? Well, if, you re- if they say this negative thing to you and you respond back with, in, in kind, you know, the same way they've responded to you with anger, it's going to do two things. It's going to make them more angry, and it's going to make you angry. It's kind of like the verse we looked at last week in Proverbs 15 that says, A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so if we answer harshly, it's going to stir up their anger, but it's also going to stir up our anger. In other words, if, I say, if you say something mean to me, and then I say something mean to you, Not only did my mean response make you madder, now I've stirred myself up. And by being rude to you, I've kind of got my heart racing and and my blood pressure going up. And I've stirred myself up. So we we don't want to respond that way. We want to respond with love. Now, I I want to read you a few phrases that I put in my notes. Because I I think this is much easier to write down. It's much easier for me to stand up here and say... Than it is for us to do when we're out there in life. But as we think about responding in love, let me just drop some of these phrases in your mind today. Try to maintain a sweet spirit. Now remember, this is another thing I wrote down. That person who criticized you was made in the image of God. That helps me if somebody is in some way rude or critical of me to remember just like I was made in the image of God, they were made in the image of God. God doesn't love me any more than he loves them. And so it helps me to view them a little differently. Be as kind to that person as you can possibly be and don't get into an argument. Remember this it takes two people to have an argument, it takes two people to have a fight. And sometimes you just have to walk off and say to yourself and maybe to them, I'm just not going to be a part of a conversation like this. So try to respond in love. Again, much easier said than done, but it is extremely important. And then I would say, and we'll see a verse, respond in humility. Sometimes when we're criticized, the thing that gets us is our pride. And we want to say something back to prove to them that they're wrong. Wait a second. What you said about me is not right. And it's almost like we want to win an argument with that person. Now, go to chapter 11 in Proverbs and look down to verse 2 because it contra- it contrasts pride and humility. Proverbs 11, 2, when pride comes, then comes shame. But watch the next part. But with the humble is wisdom. And so when, when, when these negative critical remarks come to you, remember, the goal is not to win an argument. The goal is not to prove them wrong and prove you right and show how you know, you've got the right, the, the, the truth is on your side on this. No, the goal is to respond properly, and one of the ways to do that is to respond with humility. Maybe you've heard the name George Whitfield. Back in the 1700s, he was a well-known preacher along with John and Charles Wesley. And these three men preached across uh, England and, and, and even in America, and God blessed their ministry in a great way. And through their ministry, they, f- they founded the Methodist Church. What happened was, in the day of West- the Wesley brothers and George Whitfield, the Church of England had a lot of strict Absurd. They had a lot of rules and regulations that these three men did not like because they said, This is not even the Bible. The way y'all are saying this is not, it's not biblical. And some of the things, and so they kind of broke away from the established church of the day. And when they did that, God used them in a great way, but they experienced a lot of criticism from the church that they had broken away from. And George Whitfield especially received a tremendous amount of criticism in his life. And one day someone, and some of it was very personal, it was just intended to discredit him and to tear him down. And someone said to him one time, Reverend Whitfield, they're saying all kind of terrible things about you. How, you. how do you not get bitter? How do you not fight back? How, do you not, how does this not make you an angry person or a a discouraged person. And I'm putting this on the screen today. One of the great quotes from church history, notice what Whitfield says, if my critics only knew how sinful I really am, they could have said twice as much against me. Now, that's humility. You see, more than likely, the criticism that he was receiving wasn't even true. What they were saying about him wasn't even right. But he knew himself enough to know, well, they accused me of doing this and I never did that, but I've done other sins that they don't even know about. And so it kept him humble before the Lord in his own spirit, and it kept him having a humble spirit to them. So he was not combative and reactionary. He was able to respond how in faith, in love, and in humility. And I believe in his case that humility, you know, the scripture says, if we will humble ourselves, God will exalt us. And if we exalt ourselves, God will humble us. Well, God exalted Whitfield as one of the greatest preachers in the history of the church, but one of the reasons he did that is because Whitfield humbled himself and had that attitude that says, you know what, they're saying some things about me that aren't true, but I've done way worse things that they don't even know about. And so I'm just glad they don't know about that, or they could they could talk about that too. So he kind of kept it in perspective by, by realizing he too was a sinner and he needed to maintain an attitude of humility about that. Now, the next thing as we think about responding to this. Unkind, more than likely unjust criticism that is intended to really hurt us this. Take it in stride. Respond in stride. The old saying is, let it be water, you know, off a duck's back. Just don't let it bother you. We need to take it in stride and not let it get the best of us. Look at this verse from the Living Bible, chapter 14 and verse 30. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. But see, when criticism comes, if we're not relaxed, another translation says, "A heart at peace, you know, lengthens a person's life, or is good for a person's health. Uh, but if we don't have a heart at peace, if we don't have a relaxed attitude, when that criticism comes at us, man, it really can take root and it can really hurt us. And so we need to try as much as possible to take it in stride and keep moving forward and not let it get us down. I've noticed this with, with criticism. For me, anyway, any critical statement—if somebody says something critical about the church, something we're doing in the church—certainly, if somebody said something more critical about me, you know, personally, it would it would greatly discourage me, and it would—I'm not going to say it would depress me. But I can't just shake that off as quickly as I, as I think some people can. And so this would be an area, when I, if I were listening to this and the preacher said, you know, take it in stride, water off the duck's back, I'd be thinking, man, that's easier for you than for me. And so maybe you, you, uh, you have a hard time with that too. David Roper, a minister, says it this way, and I thought this was good. He said, critics need to lighten up, and those who have been criticized need to toughen up. And I think he's right on both counts. And so, and yet, as we toughen up, we still want to maintain a sweet spirit and a tender heart before the Lord. And I'm just saying, that's not always easy to do. Now, the next thing that we want to do when we have been, you know, somebody said something at the office or even at home, and it's mean, and it's like, I can't believe you said that. Man, that that hurt my feelings. And most men are not going to say, you hurt my feelings. But we men can get our feelings hurt too. So how do we respond? Well, let me mention the fifth way. And that is simply this, respond in silence just because something critical has been said to you or about you, that doesn't mean that you have to respond with words. You don't have to say anything. I'm not saying when something critical is said that you can never say anything, but I am saying this. As a general rule, I think we're wise to keep our mouths shut. Back in the 1970s, my dad was attending Southwestern Seminary in, in Fort Worth, Texas, and the president of that school was a man named Dr. Robert Naylor. Dr. and Ms. Naylor kind of took my dad and my mom under their wings, they were almost like parent figures from my parents. Dr. Naylor, before he became president of Southwestern Seminary, had been pastor of Travis Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Worth. And when my dad was in seminary, he became the assistant pastor at that church. And so they had that connection and they just took my dad in. And through the years, I got to know Dr. Naylor. My brother got to know them and we spent some good time together. And I can remember as a teenager through the years, we went with them often, maybe once or twice a year. But when we were together, I would always listen to what Dr. Naylor was telling my dad. Here you had a, pa- a pastor, a seminary president, a minister, really in his, you know, he was on up there in age, and so he spoke with a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience. And one of the things he would say to my dad, when maybe dad was telling him some things going on in the church or whatever, Dr. Naylor would say this. He would say, Charles, never defend yourself. You only lose ground. And I can remember as a teenager thinking, never defend yourself. You only lose ground. What he was saying is, keep your mouth shut and let the Lord be your defender. Now, let's look at this verse in Proverbs 17. We looked at these two verses last week as we were thinking about the importance of our words. And today we're thinking about the importance of what we should say or what we should not say when we have been criticized. Look at this. He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Isn't that what we want to do? We want to learn to spare our words, and we want to learn to have a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. We need to learn to hold our peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. And so what we want to do when when somebody says something, and man it just really hurts us, and it just makes us think, I can't believe they would say that to me. We just have to remember, keep our mouth shut, don't defend yourself, let God be your defender. Now, you're in Proverbs. Turn back, if you would, to the book of Psalms, just a few pages back, and find Psalm 59. I could just read this verse or maybe quote part of this verse, but I want you to see Psalm 59 in verse 1. This is so very important about letting God be your defender. Remember this, Jesus said to his disciples, He said, I'm about to go back to my Father in heaven, and when I get back to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and He's going to live in your heart, and He's going to be on the earth in a very special way. And Jesus said this, one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is He will reveal truth. It is not your job when your reputation has been damaged or somebody has said something to you that that you fear could damage your reputation, it is not your job to defend yourself and to, to make everybody know the truth. It is the Holy Spirit's job to reveal truth. Look at Psalm 59, verse 1. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Defend me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity, and save me from bloodthirsty men. Notice that. Deliver me, defend me, deliver me. So what is he saying? He's saying, God... my you know, David is getting criticism from his son, from others in his government, from the king, when Saul was king, all kind of criticism. but he had learned, God, you defend me, you be my defender. Now don't turn there, but let me read you a passage out of Luke chapter six that I think is very interesting, and I'm reading out of the New King James. and it's talking about how one day the disciples were being criticized by the religious leaders of their day. And what they were being criticized for, on the Sabbath day, they were walking through the grain fields, and they didn't have anything to eat, and they were hungry. And so they started picking up, you know, pulling up some of the grain and rubbing it between their hands, and they would eat the grain. Well, according to the Old Testament law, you couldn't do that. It was against the law on the Sabbath because that was considered work. And so the religious leaders came up And verse 2, it says, And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? So they criticized the disciples of Jesus. They said, some of the Pharisees said to them, that is to the disciples of Jesus, Why are you breaking the law? Well, I'm sure Peter and Andrew and James and John and Matthew and Thomas and Nathaniel they were thinking, okay, these are the religious leaders. They've, they're accusing us of breaking the law. They're criticizing us. What are we going to say in response to them? I mean, that's what I would have been thinking. How do I answer this? Verse 3, but Jesus answering them said, see, Jesus, the disciples were criticized, but Jesus answered their criticism, which says to me, let we should let Jesus... Uh, Answer our critics. He, he says, "Have you not even read this? When David, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God. This is in 1 Samuel 21. He took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those who were with him, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. In other words, David did something similar. To Jesus was saying he went into the to the temple." And he found this bread that only the priests were to eat. But David and his men ate that bread. And since it was to meet a human need, they were not guilty of sin. And then Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So Jesus, in answering the critics of the disciples, said what the disciples are doing is no different than what King David did. And so when Jesus gave that answer, he defended them better than they could have defended themselves. And so I'm just saying, and Scripture is saying, we're always wise to let Jesus be the one to respond to criticism instead of us. He'll do it better than we could. And then we should respond in faithfulness. Look at this verse. This is a tremendous verse. Proverbs 28 and verse 20 in the NIV. A faithful person will be richly blessed. You know, much criticism, or at least some criticism that people get, it is intended to shut you down. Or is intended maybe even to stop you from doing what it is that you feel that God has called you to do. And so the scripture is saying to us, remember, be faithful. Keep moving forward. Keep doing the right thing. And God will honor you and God will bless you for that.
0: We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. But even more than that, we hope that you have found peace in life through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you do not have that peace, you can find it now. If so, won't you pray with me now? Just say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you love me and that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Right now, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Please make me the person you created me to be. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. Please let us know by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.